Welcome to the Awakening Shalom Podcast. The Awakening Shalom Podcast is an opportunity for digital faith formation at Myers Park Baptist Church that accompanies the Awakening Series, a year-long journey of exploration and discernment which invites all people to come learn about the current social justice issues of the day and how they impact our faith. What we are awakening to is Shalom, the Hebrew word for the peace and beauty that exists when we are living in right relationship with God, ourselves, other human beings, and all created things. Well, welcome back to our Awakening Shalom podcast. We are in a new podcast series entitled Upamane. I learned how to say it right. Upamane. Wow. Word. <laughs> That is usually translated into endurance or perseverance. Often we see it translated into patience, patient endurance. Mm. And so this podcast is about persevering amidst a pandemic. I am Mia McLean, and I'm here with Reverend Benjamin Boswell and our special guest, who we will get to later. But I just wanted to open up with a few scriptural passages for you to look into uh, to see how some of the authors were using the word upamane. I often mm. talk about the book of Revelation. Those of you who have took the study with me are annoyed with me right now because that's all I talk about. But <laughs> author John of Patmos uses this word over and over again, especially in the first chapter and throughout in chapter 12, chapter 14, really urging the people, the persecuted followers of Christ, to have patient endurance in the midst of trouble. And so that's what we're going to be talking about on this podcast series with a phenomenal lineup of guests. Today we have Dawn Anthony. Many of you, woo, many of you recognize Dawn from our Sunday worship services. Um, wonderful vocalist, uh, phenomenal musician. We are so happy you're here with us, Dawn. It's good to be here. <laughs> um, I would love to turn some of these prompts over to. Um, to Ben as we continue to have the conversation, but we really wanted to diversify our lineup and not just have, you know, scientists and sociologists, but to also represent the arts as well in our conversation. Yes. Yeah. So, so Dawn, introduce yourself. Who are you? For the people who, they might see you on Sunday, but they don't know, you know, everything else you do in Charlotte and beyond. Who are you and, and what brings you to this seat today? Well, my real name is Angela Bassett. I'm so kidding, you know. <laughs> That's what I like to be saying, but no, okay, okay, God, be pleased with who you are. Okay, Jesus. All right. My name is Dawn. <laughs> my name is Dawn Anthony. And uh, um, I've been before um, folks in your congregation before as a singer. And uh, But there's another side to me um, like where I do a lot of teaching. I'm in the community as it as it pertains to the arts. So um, there's a traveling music program that I take into the school systems and talk about history. Um, there's uh, it started with um, a series in a school um, called the Human Injustice Series, where I did a timeline of history, but I paired that with music, and that evolved over in time. And uh, so here recently, in the last five years, we've done a program called Motown and More. We talk about the history of Motown and uh, the influences of the Motown sound and the cultural influences that impact the sound. And it gives a great uh, impact, not only to the students, but the teachers, as they make some great correlations. Um, and a children's book 
that I've written as well. So there's the literacy thread that I think comes from my grandmother who loved books. Wow. Dawn, so I, I wanted to start with a question about, um, so we have like a series of five questions that we're going to ask folks that come on this uh, Upamane podcast and talk about perseverance and talk about the pandemic a little bit. But just if you could talk a little bit about how, how, has, how are you doing, first of all, in the midst of this? How are you and those that you love doing right now? You know, um, at the start of everything, um, when everything started to take place, I think like February and in March, it was kind of going into, I've, take a, I've taken a couple of classes um, at a community college that shifted to, uh, to an online format. But it really hit during our spring break in mid-March. Um, in and around the same time, uh, voting was taking place here in Cabarrus County. And on the day of voting, um, we came home. My mother and I went to vote together. And when we came home, um, she said, I have to talk to you. I said, yes. And she let me know that uh, she was diagnosed with cancer. Now, she's doing great. You know, um, but what was interesting, I bring that up because navigating what her condition was like um, through this time of COVID has been ex extraordinary, to say the least. Um, first, going to appointments with her to doctor's offices, to not being permitted to go into the doctor's offices, um, uh, um, office waiting rooms, um, and then um, dropping her off at the curb and then putting her back in the car, uh, checking her temperature, asking whoever's transporting her, you know, to, to take temperatures and things like that. It's really been um, quite an interesting journey because as if you know, um, folks that may be listening, if you've walked through um, an experience like this with someone with cancer, usually it's nice to have a buddy with you mm -hmm. and to have to do that with no one near you um, at that time, you really, you know, um, I don't know what it's like if you, if you don't have, um, faith to be able to know that if you can't have a physical presence there with you, that there is a supernatural presence there with you because that's who you're leaning on during mm -hmm. this time. Uh, so I have to be extra vigilant. We all have to be extra vigilant here in my household because of not only her condition, but her age being in her seventies. Yeah. Um, my brothers are doing fine. My husband works at the airline and that's been interesting. He, you know, uh, has to be really vigilant coming home, coming from the mm -hmm. airport on the ramp. Mm -hmm. So uh, all in all, even her nature, she's doing great. Mm -hmm. I have to be careful as an artist of who I um, am with. And so I have to navigate that as well, coming back into her presence. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Donna, that is challenging. So our, definitely our thoughts are and prayers are with your mom and your family, for sure, as she walks through this uh, at a very difficult time. Um, and obviously, I can imagine the strength that's required to do that on her own behalf, but also for all those who are around, around her, yourself and others caring for her. Um, so I was going to, you mentioned being an artist, and uh, I wondered if you could talk a little bit about how the pandemic has impacted you as an artist and also the artistic community. I know I, I saw you do a, a nice little show at uh, a studio in my hometown of Kannapolis uh, during this time. Uh, you could talk about that. I, you've done some work for us at the church and sang for, for us, which has been great. And we've been able to share that over the course of the weeks. But 
I, from what we're hearing from others, it's really it's really hard right now for artists. So I wonder what what your experience has been. Yeah, I I don't know. I liken it to um, uh, the opposite of a monsoon season. <laughs> The ground is dry. <laughs> uh, things, began, you know, so it's like, you know, it's, it's after that. It's the aftermath of, you know, what was seemed to be fertile ground happening in and around the Charlotte area for artists and the ground starting to swell with, with um, opportunities and peeping, people giving opportunities to, art, uh, to artists to come into their venues and people enjoying live music. Just when um, we thought things were, you know, beginning, to, to turn around a little bit or at least generating some energy behind it, this hits. And for many people who, if they do, uh, if they share their craft full time, um, there's, there is no income. There is none coming in uh, unless um, you happen to work for a family or a person who may be an essential worker who may have income and they want to do lessons, maybe, um, but you have to really be strategic regarding where your funds are going right now. So we can't fault those who maybe at one time were um, taking lessons, but who can't right now. We fully we're aware of that, you know. So um, that's been pretty tough. If those who who perform and teach um, and uh, things began to cancel almost immediately, sometimes months out. So you, this may have, they may call you and say, we don't know what we're going to do. We know our program's in April, but we don't know. Uh, and so, you know, May programs canceled. June programs canceled. Uh, so um, it's been, it's been interesting. We're trying to be, trying to find creative ways uh, to share, but we're not sure. We're all just kind of uh, talking with one another about strategies you know, to help one another. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been yeah. sad. So it's like really, really challenging. It is. I, I will say um, some of us who are, who have partners or are married and their spouses do other forms of work, that's been a saving grace. But then for two artist households, it's, this has been devastating. Mm. Yeah. I was thinking about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, prior to being in ministry, I did art pretty full time. And I have some friends in New York who are married and both of them are actors and both of them got their cat, their their shows canceled, you know, um, and through October, they're predicting stuff that was supposed to happen in May. It will move to October, but that's still in the air. And so there's yes. in limbo as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What are what are folks that you know that you've lifted up here doing to survive? Aside from teaching, there's been nothing. Mm. Mm. There, um, we're asking one another, "What do you need this week?" Okay. Mm. Uh, there are folks that I know who um, are not digital digitally savvy regarding equipment and so you have some old school musicians who who are who, who are paid cash they they don't have technology to be paid so i'm having to call them and asking them hey talk to someone to try to get you set up because if someone thinks of you and they want to give to you they need to be able to give give to you um that has been um 
that has been a little hard. And so it, it, it just takes a couple of hoops to get, get funds to them. Mm. Um, but it's been, it's been really, I don't, I don't know. And what I find interesting, you guys, is that during this time, people are reaching for their holy books and their art, mm. whether it's their streaming devices there or whatever, people are reaching towards artists. And so it's almost like we are essential. <laughs> you, you, you understand? Um, even if it's like yeah. recordings or whatever, they're realizing the need, which is why it's been interesting when um, uh, policies have been passed that don't support the arts. Mm. When I we realize there's a need for it. That big arts funding bomb that went down uh, that did not get approved right now just looks and seems so foolish in in hindsight, right? I mean, it just, um, you know, there are some other grants, but it doesn't sound like some of the grants and things are, um, you know, are really getting through to people. Um, if, yeah. if people wanted to help artists, Dawn, where would they, where would they go? Where would you recommend? Um, I would say reach out to them on the Facebook pages if they have access to that. Um, okay. A lot of the, a lot of folks who have, um, so I think um, in answer to your question regarding how can people reach out and find artists that they're trying to connect with creatives, um, a lot of us are net, have networked together. So if you can't find us directly, there is someone who knows that person. Mm. Um, and sometimes it may be um, the assistance is with a utility bill, you know? Because maybe that's this that's the area where there's the need. Um, uh, sometimes I think of late, it's been they need technology help. Mm. You know, uh, and I think some of the younger people have these resources, and just like there's the trade-off regarding skill set with the elder artist, they have skill set that they need also. So I think that there needs to be a more of a, a cross pollination that 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 needs to happen, like intentionally, like the younger people. Mm -hmm. Hey, let me help you. Let me upfit you. Mm -hmm. Let me help you connect, like we're connecting. You know. Yeah. I'm yeah. hearing in your talking, Dawn, this common thread of community. Yes. It's impossible to have what the Greek word says, patient endurance or perseverance, if you don't have community. Yeah, saying that over and over again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I am a. I I will say I'm I'm definitely an introvert. Um, I I have an, I have the skill of an extrovert as far as doing things publicly, but you know this is this time of solitude um, has definitely confirmed that I'm really like. I'm okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. I like my books. I like my music. Um, but I also like having that connection of being able to touch base, you know, with others to let them know where I am and what the need is. Um, this is definitely not the time to be prideful, you mm -hmm. know, if there is a need um, mm -hmm. out there. So, yeah. Yeah. I was thinking along those lines about the word uh, itself uh, and, and, and how, the patient endurance that we need is almost impossible without community. And that's sort of, as you go throughout the whole Bible, you see that same theme. And we always forget that 
sort of in our American ideas, we think that when the, we read the Bible, we can read it as individuals and it's talking, speaking directly to us just as an individual, but almost all of it is written to a community. So mm. when they're saying be, pa- be patient, persevere, it should, we always need to add the word together. You know, it's like be patient, persevere, you know, hold on to endurance together, together, together. It's over and over again. It's that same concept of community. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I do have my next question, I think, is going to be good. So this here's and I think along the lines of what we've already been talking about. And so what have we learned in this pandemic? Do you think, Don? What, what have we learned about everything? America, ourselves, individuals. The arts. The arts. Um, well, I have a couple of thoughts about that. And I, I, I'm going to, first of all, I'm going to speak for myself because I can't speak for everyone. I think I've learned that I cannot readily believe the hype regarding mm-hmm. certain things. And that I have to make sure that the news that I am receiving is as unbiased as possible. So what I have found is that I look, I watch global news, Mm. Um, BBC. I watch what's happening um, over there so that I know what's coming here. (laughs) (laughs) I don't watch what's happening here. I mean, a little bit, I do. But I mean, I just really, I also make sure that I'm watching I'm looking. I'm looking at what's happening from uh, from a global perspective, so I can see how they are um, how they're handling the pandemic. What's working? What's not working? So even when um, the new, even when I get um, encouragement to to exit my space, to wear masks, not wear masks, I side on uh, precaution. Um, my mother said something that she she ended a, a time of prayer with her church friends on um like a their sunday school class they met on an alternative day and um can you hear me okay still yes Yes. okay um it may go out again because everybody's frozen i don't know she said she knows that god said he has not uh, given us a spirit of fear but we are still to proceed with caution Mm. i said Mm -hmm. mom you are so right about that you know (laughs) you know but it is it's the truth you know, and so um, I've learned to be weary of what I receive and ask. I prayerfully consider what I what moves I make. Um, I have learned that having observed previous history, that um, sometimes what I have to understand that others are not as concerned with my well being as I am. Mm. Mm. Can you? Uh, can you say more about, about the history and about your social identity and, and maybe go into that a little bit more? Sure. So um, there has been a growing history of what my community has experienced regarding um, uh, racism and, mm. and inequity um, and things that affect the um the numerical majority affect the minority more intensely this is 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 a historical fact we've seen it and because of underlying medical conditions um and housing inequities and 
employment and um, financial inequities, we are usually the last ones to be considered. When things were happening and it seemed like an afterthought to, to reach out to churches that were predominantly black communities after the fact, we saw it coming. It was no surprise. Mm-hmm. Well, many of us, I can't speak for everyone, many of us saw it coming. So it was no surprise. So it seemed like it was a little late. Um, and so previous watching that happen historically um, gave me pause and, and, and giving me and um, making sure that my, the elders were taken care of and making sure that uh, we were doing what we needed to do to distance ourselves accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a, um, Hmm. I'm going to pause there for a minute. I've been really prayerful about our time together because I have to make sure that what I say is not guided so much by my flesh at times when I start having conversations like this. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's really uh, just to kind of give you a minute there. I, as you look around, I loved how you talked about you're looking at um, other countries. I have to say, I've been pretty startled to see countries completely flatten the curve almost entirely. Yes. And yet here we are supposed to be this advanced um, democracy, um, you know, uh, largest empire in the world, and we 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 can't seem to do anything. It's impacted us worse than any other country on the globe. Yep. Uh, we were not prepared. Worse prepared. We responded uh, worse. Um, you know, there's been it's just it was it's really been disappointing and disheartening to watch other countries totally flatten the curve and to watch us here and and how many people's lives have been devastated because of that. Um, so I, I mean, I see when you look at the news, other places, you think, God, it could have been so different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think a lot of that has to do with this, the, the system of government that we have and, and how we've established ourselves as su- such an individualist. It's not, it's an I and not a we mm. um, type of society. And so, um, Unfortunately, it did not surprise me. I was going to be really impressed if we really hunkered down and did what um, what would have been the best thing. Um, I was going to pick up on your thought. You said it's an I and not it's a I and not we sort of government system we're in, and I feel about. Uh, the Christian supremacy that runs this. Ooh. Mm-hmm. is an I and not we sort of religion. Mm-hmm. So it all goes together, right? You have this sort of individualism, this narrative of every man for himself. Um, and that all fits together. The religious aspect and the political aspect, the way they view both is very, um, very like. <laughs> They're very like. Mm-hmm. And that was key what you said, that you, you called it exactly what it was, religious. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting 
to think through the way in which the pandemic has pointed out that we are not, in fact, as individualistic as we imagined. Ha ha ha, we're dependent on culture. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's, it is deconstructing the lie that we've told ourselves. Yes. Yeah. Now that part is where I see God in it. Mm. Okay. You know, and um, there's this little, in fact, I forgot to get it. And I told my mom I was going to try to remember to get it. But there's this picture that I used to have on my wall. It's a very small um, picture. It was actually a card or a postcard, but I had it uh, framed. And it's a picture of a landscape of autumn trees over like um, a body of water where you can see the reflection of the, 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 uh, the gold, the oranges and the reds. And it's a, it's a panoramic view. And underneath it says, those who can see God's hand in everything can best leave everything in God's hands. Mm. And, uh, mm-hmm. and that is so true when it comes to this, because what is happening is all those voices who have been calling out in the wilderness um, for the justice of Christ and, 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 and how to love one another and the needs that we have for one another everything is bubbling up to the surface and it's not um you're able to we're able to see it so clearly now the needs that people have um that are uh, because now it's not just them it's happening to us (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know and god is allowing us to see it my prayer is that this need that, that that we're suddenly feeling that is stretching from beyond the marginalized to um, others um, who have more. Mm. And I'm just not, and I'm not just speaking of of white people who have more. I'm speaking of anyone who has more. Mm -hmm. Um, It's allowing us to see things, how much, like you said, we need one another more, that we're dependent on people um, a lot more. Um, Reverend Barber Barber said, uh, I loved his, his expression. He was saying, how suddenly now the service workers have become essential workers. (laughs) (laughs) They've always been essential, (laughs) but we were, they were service before. (laughs) And that goes back to what you were saying about artists being essential. There's a great post about how, you know, somebody said, have you looked at your phone, listened to music today? Have you, um, have you turned on the television and watched a show um, you know, just kind of listed like things and everybody's like, yeah, I did all those. And they're like, well, you've just proven that artists are essential for your life. Really? You, you don't live a minute without art. You don't you have, have it on your walls. You're, I think the problem for us, a lot of so the individualistic mind of, of our society tries to turn art into entertainment. And we forget that entertain most of entertainment is art Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we, and we lose the connection between those, particularly because we've, it's all things that we consume. Right. Um, and we don't we don't see the lives behind it who are giving of themselves to create what we consume. Mm-hmm. And and we forget about that. And then um, <clears throat> and then we get into this and suddenly we think, can you imagine what it would have been like to be in the midst of a pandemic without music? Oh. I mean, just go ahead and take take me early. That's what I say. Take, <laughs> right. 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 Take, take me early. Um, I'm, I'm out. Uh, or books yes um yes you know or 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 binge watching television shows and people are surviving on that stuff yes all these all these writers out here who are just they're like cranking these scripts out now now they know we're all home they're cranking them out (laughs) 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a time. And then, but the sad part of course, is, as you mentioned, the disparity then of many artists that are not able to, to, uh, to be fairly compensated for their creativity or their work as we're, as we're consuming art in a magnificent, there are others who are cut out of that great consumption moment, um, Mm -hmm. which is really, really sad. It's really hard. Um, and let's see, uh, have we finished uh, uh, what we've learned? Let's move on to uh, <laughs> two more questions for you, Don. Okay. Uh, one is, what, what strategies or tips or tools um, would you share with people about how to survive and persevere in the midst of this? Because we could, we could be, we, we may not even be halfway yet, you know, um, we don't know how long it's going to be. So we could be going at this a while longer. Mm. What, what tips and strategies would you offer? Um, journaling and writing. Writing is something I've been doing a lot more um, lately mm-hmm. with the time that I've had. I've, um, I've, I know for me, lyric for songs are very um, powerful for me. So the poetry has been flowing a great deal statements that I hear um, and working on my own craft regarding songwriting um, for a solo project. But uh, I mean, and that's something that um, I'm finding my voice being a little bit more pointed regarding what's mm-hmm. happening. Um, not everything that I, that's, that I'm turning out is, um, is feel good. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I hear that. it's very truthful to, from my perspective. Um, and I think that's part of, you know, as Nina Simone would say, that's part of the artist's responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but that's been very therapeutic for me personally. Um, I've been challenged, challenged spiritually. God has me in Matthew 7, mm-hmm. um, memorizing it completely. Matthew 7, uh, churning on it, learning it. This is the issue about, um, judgment and getting the plank out of your own eye before you remove mm-hmm. it out of your brothers and asking mm-hmm. and seeking God and knocking and don't cast your pearls before swine. And I mean, there's, it's just a lot. There's a lot, you know? Uh, and that's where he has me just before I'm quick to trying to snatch somebody's speck out. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, God, what do you need to shape in me? What do mm-hmm. I, you know, what do I need to listen for? And what do I need to be asking for? Honestly, what do I need? What do others need? Um, uh, and um, uh, so that's kind of where he has me, just chewing on his word, you know, um, calling my little friends in my family and any connections that I have with children and reading to them just virtually. Um, there have been folks that I know have been reading virtu- uh, who have been, um, what do you call it, pre-recording and letting mm. the kids watch as though they're watching a television program. Um, and that, that's a really wonderful thing, but I find it's so wonderful to read to them live and to let them express themselves in real time because there are things that they want to say. You can kind of hear what's going on in their hearts, how they're mm. feeling. Mm. You know, they see their friends walking across the street and they can't run and hug them. Mm. You know, um, there's one incredible story. Um, this is not t- telling a story to a child, but talking to a friend of mine who has a teenager who's autistic. And he works. He wants to work. And so he's working in the Walmart garden center. And his mom has been you know, telling him to be vigilant about wearing his mask. 
and he came home to her. And it's a beautiful story. He says to his mom, I hate this, this pandemic. I hate COVID-19. And she said, and he, she says, why baby? And he says, because the customers cannot see me smile. Mm. Mm. You know, just that childlike faith and to know that I, you know, and this is a, and he's a very tall young black male um, with autism. Um, but he says, they can't see me smile. Mm. Um, just watching God, you know, use moments like that and how beautiful that is. Um, that that's what his concern is. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they can't see my love for them. Um, and QC Family Tree has a wonderful um, Bible study time that we just connect with one another. And that's been, that's been wonderful just to touch base, check in, and mm-hmm. to spend time praying. Um, and it's only 15, 20 minutes or so, but just a little something to connect with the community. That's been some great spiritual and artistic um, practices for me that have been great uh, during this time. Those are so helpful. Thank you for sharing beautiful stories. All right. Well, we're, we're at our last question here, Dawn. And we, um, this, this question is kind of a doozy, so be ready. Okay. Uh, and then what we might do is spend some time kind of following up on some other things. This question is about what do you think will change forever now going forward? And what do you think should change go, going forward? I think what should change is um, knowing that we're all essential that we'll be really, really cognizant of it. Mm. Um, And that um, even how we, you know, when when hearing about what's happening in our our senior homes and our assistant livings who are not up fit to be able to speak with family, Mm. to connect with family, that's been traumatic because I have, I have several friends who, who are in that predicament who can't, touch base with their families. I hope that that changes, that they will upfit. If anybody has ways with technology or you work for a company that has technology, reach out to some of these homes to upfit them so that they can stay connected to their family members. Yeah. Uh, find a way for that to happen. I hope that that changes, that that should change mm-hmm. uh, connecting with them. Um, our babies who um, have these Chromebooks that they've been given to in the school systems, but they hardly have any use for them because they don't have access to internet. Uh, Um, That needs to change in our communities. This is a very real um, way to gauge of what we were talking about, not having access. They're already not going to, there's already a gap, but this even, this is emphasized even more. That needs to change. Um, what's a Chromebook? That's like having a car with no gas in it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Put those things online, man. Come on. <laughs> you know, um, I, I was recently um, made aware of the recent Nobel Prize awards that have been given. And there was one I thought, wow, that's pretty neat. Um, there was a, there was a posthumous, uh, posthumous award given to Ida B. Wells, Nobel, mm-hmm. Nobel Prize. Uh, Nobel Prize. Mm-hmm. And there's this beautiful um, 
quote that I that I pulled and I loved it and I wanted to share it because it of course makes me think of um our young brother Ahmad who was murdered. Um and this is the quote. The quote is um virtue knows no color line and the chivalry which depends upon complexion of skin and texture of hair can command no honest respect. And the the meaning kind of beyond that is that true virtue, if you're virtuous, it shouldn't matter what color you are, the hue you are. But when we're coming to someone's aid to help them or for justice to be done or to be served, should not depend on my color. Mm. Should not depend on my texture. So what I'm talking about within our race as black people and preference and hue, or if I'm talking about just racism in general, when it comes to how we're treating our um, Asian brothers and sisters, how we're treating mm-hmm. those who are in reservations now in this country, um, these things have to change. It has to change for us to survive. It has to change. And if we're, if we say we are God's children, what will he have? To, what will he say to us when we see him? What is he going to say? Mm. He's going to. Is he going to say, "I don't know you"? Mm. I don't want him to say that. God, I don't want him to say that to me. Mm. Wow. Mm. That's just why we call Dawn Theo musicologist because she teaches us and <laughs> trains us, and she's just working from the Book of Matthew right now. She's just kind of. She took us from seven to 25 there in about 30, <laughs> 30 seconds flat. I mean, <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's really helpful, Dawn. That's really, I mean, I just think that, um, yeah, we, there's so much that this has intensified. Um, the, it's intensified injustice in general, and then it's intensified our observance of injustice. And I kind of want to go back to one of your points where you talked about how your uh, some of your music is not super feel good right now. Yeah, yeah. I I, th- I find I think I find my sermons headed in that direction as well. And I, I, I really, you know, mothers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Wow. The shade is happening. Uh, I think. I, the uh, yeah, so I got this message on Mother's Day. You know, I, I didn't preach on mothers, mothers on Mother's Day, so I had somebody who didn't appreciate that I I didn't have a nice feel good Mother's Day sermon. Hey Ben, and I just uh, yeah. They will live and not die. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. And I just thought, I just thought, you know, I, that's really I'm just not feeling that right now, and I I, I don't feel that way, and I don't feel like a lot of people. Uh, in the world that I talk to or feeling that way. And that's not what I felt like people needed to hear. And so I just, you know, I just, I did what I felt led by the spirit say, Mm -hmm. and that's that, you know, that's the end of it. And I think it's the same of, I try to sometimes think that what I do has an artistic element to it in writing and delivering sermons and that kind of thing. It's creative. Think of it as an art. Yeah. Yeah. And if you, if you, if you try to say what you think, think you ought to say instead of what you feel then your art is terrible I think I mean I just think you struggle then mm-hmm. um, because it has to come from some authentic place right 
So I want to, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that, you know. Sure. Um, one of the pieces that I've been writing um, is called Crimson Skies. Uh, Crimson Skies is, it's kind of another way of saying, seeing the world through rose-colored glasses. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, and so it's from the perspective of someone telling me, you know, like, why should I be confined, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, I recline while, while while the crocus die and the seawaters rise, and it's okay. <laughs> you know, mm. you know, you know. It's so that's kind of you know the direction um, of the piece. You know, um, like don't trouble me. You know, as long as long as long as my long as I'm satisfied and and I'm filled, and I am uh, living high on the hog. And I was remember, I remember digging deep into that. What is that high on the hog? What does that mean? And that means people who get the choice cuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. High That's on the hog. You know? Yeah. And high so, on the hog. Yeah. So people who live high on the hog and they don't mind the fog and smog around them. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so you are preaching. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. You know, so um, that kind of thing. So that's that's where the song is going. So, um, uh, so working through it, it doesn't have a, a common meter purposely, you know, uh, is meant to sound a little unsettling. So you can't just snap your fingers to it. You have to listen. Mm. And so, um, so that's kind of that one, Crimson Sky. So just working through those things and lyrically, um, there is, um, there's a wonderful documentary. Um, oh, I just know it's on Toni Morrison and Toni Morrison speaks about um, James Baldwin. And I think she was talking about Angela Davis, but uh, no, I, I, I think she's talking about um, Baldwin. And they talked about writing and when they write of how oftentimes black writers were writing from the standpoint of the, they call it the white male gaze. Mm-hmm. Where it's always explaining things, explaining things so that you understand rather than just just writing. Mm. There is an mm-hmm. audience that understands exactly what I'm talking about. You know, if I say, you know, um, I couldn't sleep last night because my braids were too tight, I shouldn't really have to explain. I know what that means. <laughs> 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 my head is hurt. You know. Um, but just just that's just kind of a, a just a, a um, example. But certain ways that we explain through certain things, you know, or or um, to make things more palatable or more comfortable for people. And so mm. sometimes when I'm performing uh, and want to say certain things, um, I have to. I'm being challenged in 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 dates days of late being challenged to say what I need to say and be okay with it. Yeah. And not worrying about if it makes, if I'm lose some friends. <laughs> no. Yeah. And so, um, Christ lost a lot of friends. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and so if I say I want to be like him, mm. there are times when I need to shake them tables up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And be yeah. okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that so much. Um, and, and I really, really am thinking deeply about what you said about not writing from the, 
from the white man's gaze, but to really just say what you have to say. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, as a as a white man who's often gazing, let me let me uh, say, <laughs> say say preach it, bring the whole truth, because uh, if there's one thing that uh, white men should uh, can't can't uh, resist is when somebody says, "We're not sure you can handle this," uh, <laughs> and then because they have you know we all have too big of an ego to mm -hmm. uh, to resist that, so just say, "I'm not sure you're gonna be able to handle this, but here it is. Here's the real truth." Yeah. No. Um, well, we need to hear it. I need to hear it. I need right, to hear yeah. the truth right now. I think that's the thing for me is if I had one strategy, you know, I loved what you offered, Donna, because I thought everything that you said falls in this category. It's like the one strategy is just truth. Tell the truth. Yeah. Tell the truth creatively. Mm -hmm. Tell the truth. Uh, try to find the truth. Who's telling the truth? The BBC. You know, Al Jazeera, who's telling the truth? Go listen right. to the truth, you know, right. and then tell the truth, right. uh, whether it's in music, in art, uh, preaching and sermons and teaching. Um, I think, God, people are so hungry for it right now because there's so much of the other. Mm. Yeah. So much alternative fact out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Alternative facts. That's right. <laughs> Well, this conversation has been so fruitful. Um, Dawn, we thank you so much for sharing with us in so many ways, uh, preaching to us and, and yes. text for us, but also um, letting us know how our community of artists um, is doing in Charlotte and beyond. I think that is so important. And the thread that I pull from the conversation has a lot to do with both truth and the necessity for community, the fact that we are all essential. That's the only way that we are going to really persevere during this time. Truly. Amen. Guys, I love you guys so much. Thank you for being Thank here. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you. So Thank good you. to talk to you. Absolutely. I love you both. Um, my screen is frozen, so I'm not <laughs> sure how to get it out, but that's all right. <laughs> when we end it, it'll, it'll end the meeting at yes. some point. Okay. I love you. I love you, Myers Park family. <laughs> I hope to see you guys soon. Those who are outside of you. that. Hi. <laughs> Dawn, thank you so much. Thank We're you. We're so grateful. All right. Thank you.